Hey guys, I have a question for you. How do you spread abundance? This year, Joe and I are spreading even more abundance by giving out insights on money, wealth strategies, and resources in our current newsletter, Creating Abundance in 52 Weeks, that we want to share with you for free. So sign up right now as you're listening to this episode on our website at www.abundantculture.co. That's .co slash newsletter, www.abundantculture.co slash newsletter. Don't let delay get in the way of your abundant year. Now, back to the episode. Welcome back to Abundant Culture Podcast. Where we dissect the mindsets and tactics of the true beast of business. People like Gary V, Grant Cardone, and Warren Buffett. All to create a blueprint to experience life more abundantly. This week's guest is on for a part two, and we're talking all about finances in our current situation. In this episode, we're covering what the CARES Act is, what you should be doing to get ready for the recession, what to do during and after the recession, and so much more. So without further ado, get ready to listen to and learn from our good friend, Damian Lupo. Hi, Damien, and thank you again for coming on to the podcast. Once again, um, if everyone didn't know, we had Damien on for episode 39, and um, he talked about EQRPs and retirement plans um, on that episode. And in that episode, you can also find his story because right now we're going to be digging into the CARES Act and what people should really be doing in this crisis and crazy time. So. Damien, what exactly is the CARES Act? So the CARES Act was Congress and the government's reaction to the coronavirus. It was a massive $2 trillion worth of printing. And they basically said, okay, we're going to solve the problem by just helicopter dumping money on the economy. They had expanded unemployment. They had small business administration loans that could be forgiven, up to $10 million for businesses with employees up to 500. All these different things bailed out the the airlines. Uh, It's funny because I've been getting these emails from Delta and American Airlines from their CEOs saying, we're in this with you and we're extending your points until 2021. And we really appreciate the support of Congress. I'm like, yeah, I would too if they sent me $50 billion. So- but, I mean, it, it did a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, one of the biggest things, the impacts, was it opened up retirement accounts for people to be able to tap into them without penalties. And a couple of different things, some options we could talk about, really gave people a lifeline to, with that money that's normally not able to be touched until people are about 59 and a half or later. So uh, that that's that's a huge thing that if you have any type of retirement account, you should pay attention to because there's up to $200,000 out of your money that you could potentially tap into within days. Yeah. And could you uh, expand on some of the details um, with the retirement account? Because initially we wanted to talk about the whole small business loan thing, but that seems to be uh, having some complications as of lately. But uh, I feel like a retirement account is maybe something quicker that somebody could maybe tap into to help them out right now. So you said it, they can access it uh, without penalties, but is, is there kind of like some type of payback period or is there uh, some type of, uh, you know, tax that they would have to pay with that? Like what are like the, the details on that? 
Yeah, so we'll, we'll just we'll dig into that. The the small business, the SBA, Small Business Administration loans, uh, have been exhausted. And by the time you're listening to this, it may be the Congress has thrown some more money into it. But basically, the 350 billion that was earmarked for small businesses up to 500 employees, it was was taken. So there's no more. And it might be that you can go get it. It it was it became very complicated because originally it was for basically anybody that had a business, including a, a solo operator, a freelancer, a contractor. And it became very hard because one of that—that's how one of my applications was done was as a like kind of a, a freelancer or a contractor, and it got rejected. So it was really set up for people that had W two payrolls. So if you were an individual and you gave yourself a W two because you had an S elected LLC or something, or you have a company with employees, very very straightforward and simple. And the money that people are getting those checks. If you didn't have a W two, it was basically impossible. And I'm not talking about you being an employee of somebody else's company. If you had a W two set up a payroll for your own company, really simple to get it. So it, going down the road this week, whenever you're listening to this, if you are trying to get that PPP money, uh, if you don't have a payroll set up, you're probably toast. So just you know, keep that in mind. But back to the CARES Act, uh, with the, the, there's two different things that were set up. Congress said, one, if you want to take a disbursement, you can take up to 100% of your vested money up to 100000 so whichever is less. And what that means is if you've got an IRA, a 401k, an EQRP, anything, you can go to it and you can pull up to $100,000 out and then you have two options. One, you can pay it back by the end of 2023. It's basically like a really long-term rollover. Normally, it's 60 days. They gave everybody like three and a half years. So that's a long time. So you can take, take the money out. It's for anybody that's been affected by coronavirus. And you basically just have to certify that you've been affected. Well, that doesn't take that much. I mean, everybody's been affected. We're all stuck at home. I mean, there is an impact. Yeah. So that's one thing. You can take the 100 and then pay it back. And no no consequences, no taxes, no, no nothing. The other option is you can just keep it. And if you keep it, then you have to pay taxes on one third of it in each of the following three years. So in 2021, you'll add a third of whatever you took out today into your taxable income. So if you took out 100,000 today in 2020, you add 33,000 into your income for 2021 and pay taxes on that when you did your taxes in 2022. And then you do the same thing the following year and the following year. So you can keep the money if you want, or you can pay it back. Either way, you've got access to 100,000. Now, this is really relevant, really useful for people that have IRAs or EQRPs. If you have a 401k at work, they have to change the documents and a lot of companies just aren't. And so you, it may not be that you can actually access it. It depends on whether they've updated their document plans or they choose to. If you have an EQRP, you just update your own plan, super easy. And you write yourself a check for the hundred grand. That's the first option. And then the other option is only for 401 type of plans and EQRPs. It doesn't, it's not for IRAs. It's where you can borrow up to $100,000 and then you can pay it back over really six years. No payments in 2020. And then you start making payments in 2021 for five years. And that is with a you know, three, four, 5% interest rate that you're paying back to yourself. So you, that's an option if you've got a, an EQRP or a 401. You can combine these two. So you, technically, you can get up to $200,000. And whether you pay them back, all back, or just part of them back, Really, it just gave you a lot of options um, with the CARES Act for money that was sitting there that you might have not really been able to touch until you were a, a lot older. Wow. wow. And that's absolutely amazing. So you're saying if you have multiple of these plans, you could take out um, 100% or 100,000, whichever one's less, from each one of these plans and then just 
either keep it or pay it back accordingly based on what type of plan that you have. So it's it's a total of a hundred thousand in disbursement amongst all plans, and a total oh, okay. of a hundred thousand in a loan. What was that? The rule before was that you could t- have up to a fifty thousand dollar loan out of a four hundred one type of plan or an EQRP, and it could be up to half of your um, of, of your assets. That now it's up to all of your money. So if you had eighty thousand dollars in your account, you could literally just take it all out or borrow it. I mean, like you, you have some access, but you, you couldn't have 10 401ks and borrow hundred from each. That'd be, it's an aggregate. So just so everybody's clear, uh, it's, it's 200,000 max that you're going to be able to tap into from your plans between the disbursement and the loan. Mm, okay. That's awesome. Um, yeah. If you're listening, you know that I'm trying to find all the loopholes for you because <laughs> I want them all. So, well, and, and uh, this is one of the, the things that, that's really useful about having a plan that you, that you run. When you have an EQRP, you get to run it because you're the administrator and the trustee, whereas you realize you don't really have any power if you have a 401k at Amazon or something, and they say, nope, we're not going to update the plan. So even though Congress said it's fine, there you just don't have access. It's a lot better to be in control. Yeah, so with the... Uh, I've been running into a lot of people who are asking questions about retirement because these, a lot of these retirement accounts like tanked like, you know, 20, 30% almost overnight. And people are trying to figure out what, you know, what in the world to do. And so with the people who have maybe 401ks at work, I know that could be like a, a very uh, not flexible option for them. Do they still have the option to roll over to some other type of plan, even though they still work there? Or how does that work? Generally, the answer is no. Uh, it's, it's sort of a strange thing because a lot of people have been laid off. And there's a blessing in disguise if you've been laid off because you have access now to control your 401k. And a lot of you have it. And so you're going to be able to do something with that money. And instead of going, oh, my gosh, I lost my job. Wow, you just had you just opened up access to potentially a ton of money that you wouldn't have had. And because of the CARES Act, you could potentially hey, you just got laid off, you could tap into up to 200,000 of it immediately. So thinking, oh man, I'm only, I'm only going to have a few thousand dollars from unemployment insurance. You actually may have a lot of money sitting there waiting for you. Because normally when you're working, you it's pretty rare that you could pull money out and roll it over. It's called an in-service rollover. And most plans do not have that the language in there that allows you to. Every once in a while they write it. But the reason they don't is because they don't want their their participants, the employees, to take their money and move it away. They want all that money to stay there because of fees. Wall Street loves to charge fees. And so they want to have all those fees staying in one place. It's in everybody's best interest except the participant. Wow. Uh, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Sure. Welcome to our system. It's when you think about the system, who's making money? Nonstop right now. The, the financial advisors that are getting their percentage and the, the people that are trading that are part of the Wall Street system. The actual people who own the assets, this is what John Bogle said before, before he passed away. He said, it's a crazy system when you have 20% of the actual returns going to the people that are putting up 100% of the risk capital. 80% of the profits are going to the people that have no risk involved. And that's what the numbers really are. This is John Bogle, the founder of Vanguard. Wow. And, and people didn't like him talking about that, but that's the reality. So you think, I mean, and you can do the math and it's really terrifying. You go, well, I'm not charged. I'm not paying these fees. It's only a half a percent wrong. That's just wrong. You're actually paying about 80% of your money in fees and taxes. And you don't realize that you're just being like, you are, you are the feed. It's like on Facebook, you think, oh, this is a free service, but you're the, you're basically just being um, harvested. The same thing with, with wall street. It harvests you. The market is getting shaken. My belief is that it's going to crash 
completely in 2020. And who's going to get rich? Wall Street. Who's going to get wiped out? People that have their money stuck in mutual funds that they can't control. So now is a good time to say, what can I do to shift that? I mean, you don't want to be sitting there going, oh, it'll come back. That's one of the dumbest things that I hear people saying is, oh, I'm just going to write it out. Why are we doing that? Because we've been told to by the system. Oh, it just invest for the long term. Why? Because fees continue to be charged to you every year, year after year. So it's really good for them. But did you know that in 1929, when the market collapsed, it took 25 years to break even? It repeat doesn't just come one, back. Repeat that one more time because I'm totally. So they, I think so, I'm yeah, uh, most people are probably thinking, wait, what? Because we're told, hey, bear markets only last like six months or a year and things come back. And, and we get used to that language and that, that myth. And the reality is sometimes it lasts a lot longer. In 1929, when the market collapsed, it took 25 years. It wasn't until 1954 that the market actually came back to where it was in 1929. So imagine if you were 50 years old in 1929, you're like, oh, dang, well, I got time. No, you didn't. Because your money actually didn't come back when you retired, when you needed that money, it wasn't there. So if you don't control your money, you may not have time for it to come back. That is a myth that investing for the long term is good for you. It's not. It's good for Wall Street. Wow. So can you expand on um, your, your viewpoint that the market will crash this year? Well, here's here's what we know. The the federal government is getting entangled with the Federal Reserve. And by the way, the Federal Reserve is not federal. It's a private bank. Uh, and what what's happening is money is being printed like crazy to try to keep a prop up what was a, an artificial bubble with assets, assets across the board from stocks and bonds to to a lot of real estate. It's really just everything's been pumped up. And when you have the entire globe on pause right now, I mean, that it was shrinking there. It, it, it's pretty much every major bank, Goldman Sachs to JP Morgan, they're all saying the same thing, global economic depression. You don't have a depression and have the stock market going up. The stock market's going to get hammered. In yeah. 2000, and this is going to be worse than 2008 because in 2008, it was the financial system triggered a collapse of itself based on housing. Well, this, it's like everything is, is shut down. And, and unless it's Amazon or UPS or the, the hospitals, I mean – if you're not being subsidized by the federal government right now or people's incessant need to click buy you know, on Amazon, you're getting hammered. So the, the stock market isn't just going to be able to maintain. It's been able to be maintained because you have two things happening. You, you, have, you have money being pumped in by the, the, working, the president's working group, which is it's also called the plunge protection team that Re President Reagan put in place in 87. And this was the, the group of people, including the Secretary of Treasury, the Federal Reserve Chairman, all these people that control the money system they, they basically are brought in to make sure that the market doesn't collapse. So what they're doing is they're saying, okay, well, let's just find creative ways to pump money in. And they're talking, they're, you know, they're buying stocks, they're buying bonds, they're pushing down gold and silver. They are manipulating the government. It's like the USSR. It's, I mean, it's crazy because yeah. it's centralized planning. So they're trying to do that, but the problem is way bigger than their checkbook. They think, okay, we can just keep printing. But the, the problem is it's, it's trillions and trillions and trillions that they'd have to do. So that's one part of it. And we don't, we don't have the corporate buybacks. What was happening for many years in the 2010 to 2020 time period, you had a lot of companies that were able to borrow a lot of money. They were buying their shares back and all of a sudden there's less shares. If there's less shares floating on the stock market, the prices are going to go up. So these companies have taken on unbelievable amounts of debt, which they're still having to service and their, their profits and losses are going to uh, change directions. All those profits are going to be hammered by the losses of the, the interest payments. They're not going to be buying their shares back because they're not going to be able to borrow money. 
And so you, all these things are happening. Meanwhile, we have a quadrillion, that's a thousand trillion dollars worth of derivatives, and they're starting to go bad. So when those things go bad, there's a ripple effect. One hedge fund said they expect to lose a half a trillion dollars. One hedge fund, $500 billion. When, when that happens, the problem is you have these different contracts that are interlinked and interlocked to other contracts. And when one dies, because it's been, I mean, they're so levered. There's so much debt that's used for these contracts. People are betting just like AIG and these other companies bet based on, oh, easy money back in 2006, seven, and eight. They did the same thing, except it got a lot bigger. And so everybody's trying to keep these spinning plates going, but they're going to start falling because everybody's stuck. They're not moving. They're not spinning. There's no money going in to fuel these things. And when you when you delever, which is what's going to happen, uh, it's the opposite of levering up. The problem with delevering, it happens a lot faster and it's a lot more painful. Yeah, definitely. So with all this information being said, what do you believe the individual investor or entrepreneur, what do you believe that they should be doing right now? Where should they be um, keeping their money? Should they keep it liquid? Uh, should they be investing it? Should they be buying a, a specific or a certain type of asset class? Like, what do you, I, obviously, you're not a financial advisor and uh, accountant, or are you? I don't know. But no, thank God. Actually, I can tell you the truth. I don't have to tell you what I'm, what, you know, that I'm if I'm a financial advisor, unfortunately, most of them are, are a-holes that will just tell you what they have to sell. So they're going to tell you to buy mutual funds and life insurance and annuities because that's what they make money with. There are some good ones. I have not met them, but I know they're out there somewhere hiding. Yeah, um, You know, like John McGregor, who's on Robert Kiyosaki's show a lot. I, I've heard good things about him. But a lot, most of that industry is set up with people that are going to sell you paper assets because that's how they make easy money. Right. What should you be buying right now? Gold. You should be buying physical gold and you should be having your money in cash and you should be investing in your own personal development. I do not think you should be out there throwing money into deals with people that don't have any experience because you're all going to roll, roll off a cliff together. What you need to do is make sure you have cash because the deals are going to come. Yeah. They're, they're going to be coming. It's like 2009, 10, 11. People that rushed in too quick, like me, back in got clobbered. And, and so I went in in seven and eight and I got hit bad. The, the money was made in nine, 10 and 11 for people that had dry powder called cash. So right now is a really good time to have physical gold and actual cash and be investing in your own psychology because the more you expand yourself, the more you're going to be able to hold the wealth that's going to be awaiting. If you don't work on yourself, there's, there's a saying, I think it was Jim Rohn that said it, that you, your, your wealth can only expand to the level of your personal development. So people say, well, what's the best tool? And I'm like, you, it's, it's you, it's between your ears. Like that has to be right. And if you, if you have a million dollar spirit, then you have the potential to go create a million dollars. If you have a billionaire spirit, same thing. But if you go and you find a deal that's going to make you a million dollars, but you're a poor person in your mind and your heart and your spirit, you're going to blow that thing up. Even if you make the money, you'll get rid of it. It's just a fact. There's a hundred percent certainty that that will happen. So right now, what do you invest in? You literally are using gold to hedge and you're investing in yourself. That's what I think everybody should be doing, investing in yourself so you're ready for the opportunities that are coming. Yeah. And that's really awesome that you say that because I feel like that's the most underrated thing in in finance. Yeah. Like that's the thing that I feel like is most important, but nobody ever talks about it. They're, they're talking about, oh, I'm going to get into multifamily. I'm going to get into single family. I'm going to buy uh, this type of stock, that type of bond, this type of company. And like what I've seen is like I when I first got into investing, I was searching for this almost perfect asset that's like super safe, 
ridiculous returns and yada, yada, yada. And, and what I really found, honestly, is that if you did not have the expertise, the, the team or the mindset behind you, like there will be somebody who can screw up the most well thought out deal or the best deal. Like you can screw up in every single asset class, it, it, I, except I would say gold. But other than that, you can pretty much screw up almost everything else. And, and what you're saying is if you invest in yourself, that is an asset that can always appreciate almost into infinity. And when the opportunity does come along to invest in a specific, let's say real estate deal or a privately owned company, you'll have the capacity in order to make that work. It's a huge point. I mean, there, there's no, when, when we hear Grant Cardone or people talk about 10X, you want a 10X return? I'll give you a guaranteed 10X return, your personal development. It's, it, there is nothing that comes close to it. Nothing. I don't care how good your syndication is. I don't care how good your stock tip is. And so that we're clear, if, when you, if you're thinking about doing something with gold, you can screw it up. It's called buying GLD. It's an ETF. So you're like, that's oh, yeah. alphabet soup. Like what? I'm talking about paper gold where you're buying either a, a futures contract or you're buying. If you ask a financial advisor about gold, they're going to say, yeah, buy GLD. That's the stupidest thing you can do because it's manipulated and it's not real gold. It's based on maybe there's gold in a vault and we're going to actually have a contract for that. It's not real. It's based on the futures market, which is also highly manipulated. So if you're talking about gold, how do you screw it up? You don't buy physical gold. Like that is how you screw it up. And a lot of people do that because they're lazy. So how do you not lose your money? Don't be lazy. Get off your butt. Go do something. Learn something. Take control of it. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> and you actually mentioned that in your uh, book, The Quick and Dirty in the Quick and Dirty on Gold and Silver, correct? That's the name yeah, of the quick and dirty guide to gold and silver, top 30 questions or top, I think it's the top 21 questions answered in 30 minutes. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, there it's, I think it's the best book that gets you information the fastest. It's not the best gold book. Mike Maloney's book is the best gold book that I've ever read. It's awesome. And it, it'll take you more than 30 minutes and it's, <laughs> it's worth every minute. So if you're right now, a lot of us have a lot of time and I would highly recommend reading Mike's book and listening to him. He's, he's a, just brilliant and great historian. Um, and he understands gold and he's been saying it. We've all, a number of us have been saying it for years. Make sure you get some gold, get some silver. There's nobody that can, they can't afford it. I mean, a silver, an ounce of silver is 20, 25 bucks. I, I don't care who you are. If you're homeless, you can, you can beg enough change to go get yourself a little silver. I mean, seriously, it's, it's not beyond anybody. Absolutely. And, and, and I just have to say that yeah. I absolutely loved your book. Um, yeah. I haven't read Mike's book yet, but um, your book, it was super simple and like straight to the point. There was like no fluff at all. So I like super appreciated that because I took, I had like so many um, golden nuggets from the book. That's the book. It's, it's about golden nuggets. Golden <laughs> nuggets. Very nice. Uh, Another thing I was wondering is, since you believe that this is a time where people need to invest in their personal development, uh, what, I guess, mediums do you recommend that uh, they do that? Like, do you have any book recommendation, podcast recommendations, YouTube channels that you would probably watch in order to really get them primed and ready for that uh, 2010 to, you know, 2012 moment after, you know, during the the financial crash of 2008? 
one of the things that I think is, is a good idea is, is listening to different opinions so you don't end up in an echo chamber. The problem with our social media is like Facebook, you, you search for something on Google, then you get cookied, and then you go to Facebook and you see things being posted that are along the lines of what you searched for, and you go, wow, I'm really right. And, and then that's why you have a lot of this divisiveness where people are feeling like they're right and they're angry at each other. And it's like, we're all human. We're all, we're all in this together, and yet you think you're so right and I'm so wrong. I think we're a lot more the same. I mean, it, it, it's uh, listening to people. I listen to people from Jim Rickards to Harry Dent to Robert Kiyosaki to Peter Schiff, all these different people. And some of them are huge bears. Cla- crash is coming. Jim Rickards is a great one to listen to right now. He's probably the smartest guy out there that right. is talking that you can actually hear. There are some smart people, but they're keeping it. Their profile is low. Like they're hiding. They don't <laughs> want to be out there saying things. So I think Jim is one you should listen to. Um, Jim Rogers is another one I highly recommend listening to. He used to work with George Soros in the Quantum Fund and retired about a billion years ago. So he's been living in Singapore and just a cool guy that has a perspective on of, of the world based on being on the ground. He, he drove his motorcycle around the world, set a world record, and then did it with a car with his wife and spent like three years driving through like 140 countries or some crazy thing. And he wrote about it in his books, Investment Biker and... Uh, adventure capitalist. So I I would pay attention to those people. Do some Google alerts where if they post an article or if they have an interview, you listen to them. And then in terms of your personal development, I start reading classics because you're you can. It's too easy to just watch what's whatever's current on the news, whether it's Forbes or CNN or whatever. And your your if your personal development is is more of a spiritual journey. Yeah. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about spiritual. There's spirit that's inside of you. And so going into things like reading classics from Napoleon Hill or As a Man Thinketh, um, all, all those type of things. Study Tony Robbins. Study Zig Ziglar. Uh, people, Jim Rohn is my absolute favorite. I would listen to him and ignore all the other voices if you pick one because he is going to give you more of a an optimistic outlook with a so- solid foundation than probably anybody else out there because he's just so sound and wise. And we miss him. I mean, he passed away a few years ago. That's the one person I would start with probably. Absolutely. Those are great recommendations. Yeah, very much so. And uh, the thing that I love about coming on a podcast with you is honestly, every time uh, you come on, honestly, we get some type of surprise. Uh, We go into it with one expectation and then we get something totally different out, but it's always very, very, very super valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess what is my next question would be trying to wrap it up and respect your time. What would be, I guess, the number one takeaway you would want somebody to really get uh, from this podcast episode? With, and I mean, with everything, with the coronavirus freaking going on and, you know, the, the CARES Act and then the SBA probably running out of money and all of this stuff going on. What would you tell somebody uh, would be, should be their number one takeaway that they get from this? This, this time is either going to be something that you react to and you're angry about or on the other side, you're going to look at it as a huge gift and you're going to be grateful and you're going to be, you're going to be intentional about what you do with it. In 2012, after I lost $20 million and I had to restart, reboot, I wrote a book called Reinvented Life. And I think that that would be a book. It's the book that I wish I'd had in 2008 that I could have used to study and actually reinvent myself. So I wrote the book because it didn't exist. And a lot of us are reinventing right now. Everything is changing. And so if you're sitting there, I did a program on this yesterday where I, I did an hour and a half going through the book and the workbook. If, if you're in a place where you're like, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this time to reinvent myself, Reinvented Life is the book I would start with. 
because it takes you through the journey of what I did, the mistakes I made, and how I reinvented internally into externally. Because a lot of times we just we say, well, if I do something different, it's not if you do something different, you've got to become something different, which means you have to think different. And it means you have to ask different questions. This book will just give you all sorts of questions and take you inside the journey of both Chris and I, who co-wrote it with me, our journeys of reinvention. If you want to, I mean, you can reinvent. I mean, you're not going to turn yourself into an elephant or a turtle, but you can pretty much do anything else you want. And there is a process. There's a formula. So I would start there, regardless of whether you're doing a full-on reinvention or you want to reinvent part of your life, something isn't quite right. We can all do better. And there's, there's a way to do it or there's a way to stumble around and not really make any progress. So I would start with that. Get yourself right and you'll, you'll create clarity. And where there's clarity, there's power. Absolutely. That's actually on my to-read list after I forgot what I'm currently reading right now, but that's the next book I'm actually reading. <laughs> Put down the Harry Potter, Jasmine. Put down. <laughs> wow, you know Potter. me so well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and honestly, what is something I guess you would say to the people who are afraid right now? Because I do believe that we're in this... Um, it's kind of an echo chamber right now and everybody's afraid out of there, but you have, I feel like it's, it's almost split down the middle 50, 50. There's people yeah. who don't care at all <laughs> about what's going on. And then there's a large number of people who are like almost um, like critically afraid and almost frozen in a way. What would, what information would you give to those people who are just in a state of fear right now and they have life on on pause and they're not really doing anything. I mean, it, I, I get it. I mean, it's, it, you know, it makes me nervous doing a lot of things, you know, even going and going to a grocery store, like it makes me nervous. And so I, I, I can appreciate it because I'm there too. The, the thing that I will tell you is that if you have a lot of open space, the fear will just consume you. And so how do you get, overcome that? You, you are going to have a vacuum. The vacuum ends up getting, it, it pulls in CNN or CNBC or whatever, or, or your Facebook feed. Another option is to simply sit still for a minute, which is one of the chapters in Reinvented Life, and and ask, what can I do to contribute? What what matters to me that can help other people? And then just bury yourself in that. You won't have time because your your spirit will be so forward looking past this stuff. Maybe even to the extent that you're going to help in the middle of this, and it will it'll 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 brighten your life. It'll brighten your spirit. So finding something that matters to do versus just bitching and complaining and being scared is a key thing. If, you, if you're focused and not being an idiot about your health, it's very, very unlikely that you're going to have the coronavirus impact you. I'm not saying it can't. I'm saying it's very unlikely because our immune systems are able to fight things off. Even when we get sick, generally the flu doesn't kill us. Generally, things, you know, accidents, we can fix them. But if our immune system is compromised, like here's what I'll tell you: if you're smoking or you're super overweight, stop. You know, focus on your health because there's nothing that's going to help prevent you from having a problem, coronavirus or other, other beyond your health. If you get that right, focus on your wellness. You got time. I mean, most of us have time right now. Get yeah. that straight. I mean, seriously, like the places that have been hit really hard, and you know, this is just my observation. There are places that there's a lot of smoking and there's a lot of obesity. There's a lot of diabetes, a lot of immunocompromised people. And so we need to be think, thinking about that. But mainstream media is not saying, hey, boost your immune system. They're saying, oh, let's go get a vaccine. We don't need vaccines as much as we need a well populace. 
people that are well, that take care of their health, that aren't eating manufactured processed crap all the time and smoking themselves and drinking themselves into an oblivion will fundamentally change everything. We don't talk about it because, yeah. you know, how can you make money selling a pill if people are actually well? Selling sit-ups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, selling sit-ups. Like, um, really? Where's the profit in that? But it, it, it's, we have to be go, we have to go deeper than the surface level. We have to think, okay, what is really true? What's really going on right now? What's really going on is that we've gotten unhealthier and unhealthier. And a lot of that has to do with our food system. And we can change that if we're mindful, but if we're ignorant or we're just like, everything is good and it tastes fine. Like put down the ho-ho, you know, like, come on, stop. No more spam. I think spam actually got shut down because the plant that was making it, making it had some, some people sick. I think they actually furloughed or, or whatever, which is probably a good thing for people. You know, there's no more spam available right now. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend that eats that stuff. Like it's yeah, like just normal breakfast is weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, for the person that they absolutely love, um, you know, like everything about what you're talking about, um, they want to learn more about you or maybe how you could help them, how they could help you. Maybe they want you on their podcast. How does that person get into contact with you? Best thing to do is go to DamienLupo.com. You'll see a lot of the work that I do is there. I, I, these, these videos, these, I, the books that I've written, just everything that I'm putting out there is it basically lives on DamienLupo.com. So you'll be able to find it. Uh, the podcast that, that, I, that I host called Financial Underdogs, all that stuff is linked to that one source. So if you want to go check out FU, it's available there. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Cool. So I totally appreciate you coming on to our Abundant Culture podcast again for a episode two. Damien, it has been an absolute blast. Like I uh, told you before, we always get something different out of you. And your information that you give is always very simple to apply, very down to earth. Anybody can do it. Like you said, if you're homeless, you can still have a little bit of silver to your name. Uh, I truly appreciate you. And we're probably going to have you on for part three one day. Yeah. So. Sounds like a plan. I really appreciate you guys and, and what you're doing and having me on and everybody listening. Hope this helps you through this very strange time in, in history and uh, reach out if I can do anything to help anybody. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, guys. So that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you got as much value out of this as we did. Keep in mind, the only way we can improve is through constructive feedback. So remember to rate and review this episode. Also, you are not the only person that needs to know this super valuable information. So be sure to subscribe and share as well. Stay tuned for the next episode. And remember to always spread abundance. Peace.